0: hey cabin crew and fellow truth seekers welcome to the conversation cabin podcast and i'm your daring host farah tonight i'm going to take you on a spine chilling expedition into the mysterious realms of the unknown tonight we'll embark on a that will transport us back to the eerie night of august 21st 1955 deep in the heart of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Prepare to have your imagination ignited as we unravel the perplexing tale of the Sutton family and their unforgettable encounter with otherworldly visitors. Get ready to delve into the enigmatic world of aliens as we explore the unexplained in question, the very fabric of reality. This is a story that will leave you questioning what lies beyond the stars and forever etch the Hopkinsville, Kentucky alien encounter into history. Welcome to an episode that will challenge your perception of the universe and ignite your curiosity. Welcome to the uncharted territories of silver beings and shotgun defenses. The Sutton Family Alien Encounter. Stay tuned, Cabin Crew. Transport you back to the bebopping 50s where poodle skirts and saddle shoes were hot and Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and the Comets were on the Billboard Top 5. We land on a dirt road between two fields of corn, in the heartland of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which was rich in agriculture and the industrial. Men and women worked in the coal mines and farmed tobacco. As we walk a little further, we come upon an old mailbox, a little worn, scratched, with the name Sutton painted on the side. We see a farmhouse with an inviting porch encompassed by flowers that someone has put so much love and care in gardens beaming and full of vegetables, their leaves glistening with droplets of water from their fresh morning bath. And as the doors of the house swing open, we see a family made up of Elmer, or Lucky Sutton, the head of the family, Vera Sutton, Elmer's wife, John, or Charlie Sutton, Elmer's brother, and Aline, John's wife, and a few other adults along with some children, It was August 21st, 1955, and the Suttons had no running water, no TV or phone, no books, so they weren't very familiar with outer space radio or TV shows to make their imagination wander, and that is one piece of evidence to keep to the side as we get into this story. Around 7 p.m., one of the men ventured outside the house to fetch a bucket of water, To his astonishment, he witnessed what appeared to be a flying saucer gliding above the treetops before descending and touching down in a field, roughly a city block's distance behind the house. There was no explosion, just a faint hissing noise. Intrigued yet cautious, the observer collected the bucket of water and promptly returned to the safety of the house. Shortly thereafter... Words spread through the group that some oddly looking figures with oversized heads and elongated arms were steadily approaching the house. These individuals were described as having remarkably large eyes and outstretched hands, their limbs naturally elongated and slender, dragged and swung in a peculiar manner as they approached. Their eyes a piercing shade of yellow seemed vacant and distant, barely acknowledging the presence of the group. The weight of their bulbous heads caused them to bobble unsteadily. They were small, about three to four feet tall, with ghoulish greenish skin and ears that seemed to reach to the heavens. Later, the group would call them goblins or little men, but these creatures were no fairy tale. Equipped with their firearms, Sutton, armed with a shotgun, and Billy Taylor, his friend, wielded a .22 caliber target pistol. The men prepared themselves. As the entity drew closer to the house reaching a mere 20 feet in proximity, the men were filled with a natural sense of fear and trepidation. Reacting instinctively, they discharged their firearms. The impact of the bullets and buckshot striking their mark created a distant noise similar to the sound of rattling objects in a bucket. As time passed, one of the creatures approached the window and pressed its face against the glass. Reacting swiftly, the shotgun was discharged again directly through the window, causing the face to vanish instantaneously. Determined to assess the outcome, The men made the collective decision to venture outside and determine if their shot had found its mark. Leading the way, Taylor emerged first through the front door, only to be confronted by an alarming sight. From the low roof position just above the door, an enormous hand descended and seized him (gasps) forcefully by the hair. He pulled away quickly and the men ran out the door. In close proximity, one of the beings perched in a nearby tree, while another positioned himself atop the house. The resounding blast from Sutton's shotgun managed to strike one of the figures, causing him to disappear in the darkness. Pandemonium ensued as a pair of goblins emerged darting frantically across the roof through the trees around the house's corners and swiftly vanishing. Amidst the chaos, one of the creatures was dislodged from the roof. Yet, instead of plunging downwards, it appeared to gracefully descend, almost floating towards a fence situated approximately 40 feet away. Seizing the opportunity, Lucky took aim once more and managed to strike the creature. However, rather than succumbing to the hit, it executed a nimble backflip and hastily fled, utilizing arm movements as if it were swimming through the air. Taylor, in an effort to defend against the remaining intruders, reportedly unleashed a barrage of gunfire upon them, yet with little success. The skirmish persisted for an extended duration with neither side gaining a clear advantage. Sensing an opportunity, the occupants of the besieged house quickly seized their chance for escape. They hastily jumped into their vehicles and sped off to Hopkinsville in search of assistance. Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor swung open the door of the local police department, panicked, sweating out of breath, screaming, and they recounted the events that unfolded at the farmhouse. Responding to their account, authorities promptly dispatched a sizable amount of officers to conduct an investigation at the scene. Subsequent examination revealed the presence of shell casings and bullet-inflicted damage on the farmhouse. Notably, no indications of alcohol consumption were discovered, as confirmed by the matriarch of the Sutton family who adamantly asserted that liquor was strictly prohibited within her household. Following the assurance that the danger had passed, the family made an attempt to snuggle in and rest for the remainder of the night. According to the Sutton matriarch, around three in the morning, she personally witnessed one of the beings emitting an eerie luminosity positioned outside her bedroom window. The creature's claw hand was visibly placed on the window screen as if it maintained a silent presence. In response to this alarming sight, she urgently called out to her family members who promptly reacted by gathering their firearms again and resuming the battle. Once the incident gained publicity through radio stations and newspapers, a multitude of inquisitive visitors flocked to the Sutton's property. Unfortunately, many of these individuals scornfully dismissed the Sutton's as ignorant or fraudulent. Even the presence of no trespassing signs failed to dissuade them. In an attempt to manage the situation, the family resorted to charging admission fees, 50 cents to explore the grounds, a dollar for acquiring information, and $10 for capturing photographs. However, skeptics promptly labeled them as opportunistic fantasizers following this endeavor. The Kelly story began to take on a life of its own, spreading across the globe. The counts of these alleged little green men commonly referred to as Kentucky Goblins multiplied, reaching a dozen or more. A few years down the line, the accounts of the little green men merged with a tale from an Eastern Kentucky woman involving a flying saucer and a six-foot-tall green figure. This incident fueled the propagation of the myth surrounding the existence of the little green men. Since the fateful night in August 1955, the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins case has captivated ufologists. Despite swift dismissals from the majority as a mere publicity stunt, neither the Suttons nor Billy Ray Taylor reaped any benefits from the tale. On the contrary, the constant stream of curious individuals seeking to witness the sight of the incident led the Sutton family to the point of exhaustion, eventually forcing them to relocate. Even after years had passed, no one wavered in their accounts and no one confessed to orchestrating an elaborate hoax. To all those involved, the Sutton cabin remained a destination visited by extraterrestrial beings from another world. It was not uncommon for the Air Force to investigate UFO sightings during that period. The Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins case did not receive attention until 1957, when Major John Albert interviewed the Suttons, who steadfastly maintained their original narrative and conducted a preliminary examination of the available facts. Eventually, he concluded that the goblins were not of extraterrestrial origin and that the Suttons were not engaged in a fabricated scheme. In 1956, Isabel Davis, a renowned ufologist, conducted an extensive investigation into the Kelly-Hopkinsville encounter resulting in a meticulously compiled 200-page report. After careful examination, she dismissed all alternative explanations, ultimately affirming the occurrence as a genuine encounter with extraterrestrial beings. Davis expressed her conviction that the individuals she interviewed from the family were sincere and of sound mind. To this day, her report stands as the most comprehensive analysis of the events that transpired on that remarkable night. According to ufologist, renowned Leglet, there is a possibility that the observed phenomenon could be attributed to a misidentification of a pair of great horned owls. Leglet points out that These nocturnal creatures possess characteristics such as silent flight, yellow eyes, and a tendency to fiercely protect their nest, which could lead to confusion and mistaken identity. The first indication against the story arose when the police arrived at the scene, which surprisingly lacked any signs of extraterrestrial presence. Moreover, official reports reveal that only a minimal number of weapons were discharged during the alleged four-hour shootout despite subsequent narrations depicting a thrilling intergalactic firefight it turned out that only one neighbor claimed to have heard gunshots emanating from the house and at that time mistakenly confused them for a few firecrackers. It remains possible that the story was merely embellished. It cannot be completely dismissed as false. It is conceivable that the invaders did not engage as many aliens as the accounts suggest. However, this explanation fails to account for the presence of the aliens themselves in the sighting of a flying saucer in the sky. Interestingly, in the earliest versions of the story, The object observed that night was not a spaceship, but rather a shooting star. Now, after all of this information, let me ask you, the listeners, do you believe the Suttons had a terrifying encounter of the third kind? Or was it a case of misidentification? Let me tell you that there have been other reports of Kentucky Goblins, oh yes. The, quote, goblin sightings received significant attention from both local and national media, leading to a surge of imitators in the surrounding area. A group of teenagers from Evansville claimed to have witnessed 10 of these creatures on the athletic field of Lincoln High School. Allegedly, when the youngsters began pelting the creatures with rocks, the beans swiftly disappeared into the darkness. Earlier, Darwin Johnson had reported being grabbed and pulled underwater by a lizard man while swimming in the Ohio River near Dogtown on August 14th, 1955. But this incident bore striking similarities to a scene from the movie, Creature from the Black Lagoon, which had been released A year prior subsequent to the sightings of the small green beans in hopkinsville johnson modified his account asserting that they and their companions had also witnessed a flying saucer just before going swimming interestingly this detail had not been mentioned in previous interviews but johnson now claims that their attacker was one of the same creatures who had instilled fear in the families during their visit to the Bluegrass State in Hopkinsville. The Hopkinsville, Kentucky alien story has played a significant role in strengthening people's beliefs in extraterrestrial life and has become a cherished staple within the UFO community. This extraordinary account, which unfolded on the night of August 21, 1955, has captivated the imagination of countless individuals and continues to be discussed and analyzed to this day. What makes the Hopkinsville alien story particularly compelling is the credibility attributed to the witness involved. The family members were described as honest, reliable individuals which lent credence to their account. Their story was extensively covered by both local and national media propelling it into the public consciousness and sparking widespread fascination. As news of the encounter spread, it ignited a surge of interest in the existence of extraterrestrial life. This case became a turning point for many individuals, solidifying their beliefs in the reality of UFOs and aliens. The extraordinary nature of the events and the apparent sincerity of the witnesses resonated deeply with those who were already inclined to believe in the existence of intelligent beings beyond our planet. In conclusion, this alien story has left an indelible mark on the belief systems of many, even me, reinforcing my conviction in the existence of aliens. Within the UFO community, it holds a special place as a cherished and influential account, serving as a reminder of the enigmatic and captivating nature of the UFO phenomenon. A little side note, Hopkinsville did host an annual festival dedicated to the famous encounter known as the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin Encounter. The event, officially named the Kelly Little Green Men Days attracts locals and visitors alike to celebrate and commemorate the extraordinary incident that took place in 1955. Although, when I visited their website, kellyky.com, it looks as if it might not have taken place since COVID, but keep an eye on it, listeners. They may start it back up again. Thanks for joining us on this mind bending journey to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, where truth and imagination collided under the stars. Tonight, we explored the extraordinary counter that left a small town forever changed. From strange lights to eerie creatures, it's a tale that continues to defy explanation, leaving us to ponder the mysteries that lie beyond our understanding. Remember, In the vast expanse of the universe, the line between fact and fiction can blur and the truth can sometimes be stranger than we ever dared to imagine. But until next time, keep your eyes on the sky and your mind open to the wonders that await. Stay curious, stay vigilant and embrace the unknown. Safe travels, fellow seekers of truth. Thanks for joining me cabin crew for tonight's episode of the conversation cabin podcast. I hope you loved it. Welcome to season two, episode two. I hope you enjoy diving into the realm of the strange and unusual with me. Now, remember we're here every Thursday, bringing you more mind bending content. You can find us on all major streaming platforms. So be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode i want to take a moment to express my gratitude for your support each episode of the conversation cabin podcast requires extensive research and writing and your engagement means the world to me if you have a spare moment we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a rating or review your feedback helps us reach new listeners and continue producing quality content for you. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Sharing our podcasts and episodes with your friends, family, and fellow enthusiasts is the best way to show your support. So feel free to spread the word and let others join in on the conversation. And remember, if you have a spine chilling experience or encounter of your own, that you'd like to share on the show i'd love to hear from you email me at the cabin at gmail.com and who knows your story might make its way into a future episode stay connected with us on instagram and tiktok at the conversation cabin for behind the scenes content updates and sneak peeks into upcoming episodes once again Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our curious community. Remember to keep your mind open and your sense of wonder alive. Until next time, Cabin Crew, I'm Farah, signing off from the Conversation Cabin podcast. Explore your strange.